If you have God's Word, if you will turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to look at just the first couple of verses. and it's, I'm going to be kind of talking about this particular verse from a little bit different standpoint. And uh, you'll see that in just a minute. By the way, Adam, that was a great song, that last one. It's theologically sound. It's got some good stuff in there. Y'all ought to go back and read that one. That one, that one right there will preach. So, In Hebrews chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed the heir of all things, and through whom He also created the world. Let's pause for a word of prayer. Father, as always, we come humbly seeking Your guidance. We come to hear Your voice speak to us. Lord, we need Your Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and understanding as we study this matter about Your will. Lord, our heart's desire is to know your will for our life and to do it in order that you'll be pleased and you'll be glorified. And Father, if there's some person here who needs to come to know you tonight as Lord and Savior, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in their heart tonight. That, Father, they would surrender their life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray this and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In a certain harbor in Italy... uh, the only way to get to that harbor is going through some dangerous rocks and dangerous shoals. There had been many, many wrecks, many shipwrecks because of the dangerous nature of that particular passage to get into that harbor. And so they got the bright idea of putting up three huge poles with three lights on those poles. And when a pilot is going into that passageway, as long as he sees all three of those lights as one, in other words, he's going directly towards it, everything is okay and he's safe. But if he sees more than one light, or if it looks like they're spread out, that means he's off course and in danger of wrecking his ship. Well, God has also given to us Uh, three lights of guidance when it comes to His will. First, we talked a little bit about the Word of God, uh, but the Word of God is one standard. It's an objective standard. Two, He has given us His Holy Spirit, who is our subjective witness. And then lastly, He speaks to us through circumstances or divine providence. We might call it open and closed doors. Together, these three assure us that the directions we have received from God are right and will lead us safely along our way. Up to now, we've been talking about the will of God, and we've seen, if you want to have a chance to go back and look at some of the videos posted on our Facebook page, if you haven't seen those, it would be good for you to listen to those. But basically, we've talked about God's will from a number of different standpoints. First of all, We talked about the necessity of faith. If you're not a believer, if you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, uh, it's doubtful that you're going to know the will of God. God's will for you is that you be saved, is that you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. 
But in that same thing, we talked about Hebrews 11, 6, 6, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so as we know God, as believers in Christ, one of the things that we need to do is to diligently seek the will of God and to do His will. Then we talked about in another sermon about why we sometimes don't know the will of God. And one reason is simply because God's ways are higher than our ways and God is not us. And so sometimes He chooses not to reveal to us what His will is. Sometimes we have unconfessed sin in our life, and sin always brings separation. Uh, Separation brings a broken relationship, just kind of like when you get mad at your wife or you get mad at your husband or you get mad at your kids or your kids get mad at you. Uh, You know, and you go a few days and you don't speak to each other, right, because things are not going well. And so sometimes we don't know God's will because we have unconfessed sin in our life, and it's really made a, a separation. What God wants us to do Uh, It's what 1 John tells us to do, to confess our sins. And if we do that, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In that same sermon, we talked about another reason why we don't know the will of God is because we don't want to know. Because almost all the time when God reveals to us his will, it requires change on our part. And we don't like that C word. We want to take that C word out of our dictionary every day. We don't like the word change. We don't want to change. We're set in our ways, and we like the way things are, and we don't want anything different. But sometimes God wants us to step out in faith, and so He calls us to change. And so sometimes God, we don't know God's will because we refuse to do what God knows. He, when God reveals it to us, He knows we're not going to do it, so He's not going to reveal it to us if we're not going to do what He asks us to do. And then we saw in one sermon we talked about the decreed will of God versus the permissive will of God. Sometimes God is decreed. For example, God has decreed His Word is eternal in the heavens. The heaven and the earth, they're going to pass away, but His Word is going to abide forever. That's what He's told us in His Word. That's a decreed will of God. It's not going to change. God has also decreed that every Christian, every person that has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, every person is going to be conformed to the image of Christ. Guys, that is a great promise. We ought to get excited about the fact that one day, as sinful as we are, as short as we fall of God's will and what God desires for us, one of these days God's finally going to get finished chipping away those rough edges and we're going to be made in the image of Christ. But then we saw on the other side is His permissive will. And that's the kind of the thing that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. A couple of weeks ago we talked about how sometimes God reveals to us His will in His Word. There's some things, and we talked about a lot of things. The one that we got so upset about was the one where God says we're not supposed to marry an unbeliever. Uh, That's pretty clear directions. We got kind of upset about that. Some of us did. Uh, But it's the truth. I mean, truth is truth. I, I, I didn't make that up. It's in God's Word. But God has given us some specific instructions. Uh, we're supposed to avoid and stay away from immorality. I mean, there's all kinds of different instructions that we find in God's Word. Those things are always God's will at all times. Whether we like it or don't like it, it doesn't matter. It's simply God's will. So tonight, I want us to talk about how can we discern the will of God. Well, the Bible says here in this passage of Scripture that God in times past has spoken in various or sundry, not sundry, but sundry, which means various ways. That's the way God has spoken to us. Uh, God sometimes used miraculous events to speak to His people. 
You remember what he did when, when, the, when the Israelites were fleeing the Egyptians? He split the Red Sea wide open. And God says, go through. Now, that was God's will for them to go through. It was not God's will that they stayed there on that other shore. If they, unless they, if they'd have done that, they'd have been killed. They had to walk through that water. Now, imagine yourself for just a minute. You're an Israelite. You don't know about this thing called God. You don't know a whole lot about God. And all of a sudden, the, the, the sea splits open. And you got these two big walls of water, and you're told to go walk through that. What would you do? I'm not going to ask you. It's not, I'm not going to make you talk out loud about that, but think about that. You know, God uses mirac- miraculous events. Sometimes you remember when uh, Gideon prayed to God and asked for direction. God uh, spoke to him through a fleece. One night he had the fleece dry. And the ground was wet, and the next night it was right reverse. So God sometimes uses miraculous events to speak to people. When Jesus performed miracles, it was to testify of himself and help people understand that he was the Son of God, that he was who God said he, could, who God said he was. And so God sometimes speaks through miraculous events. Sometimes God speaks through visions and dreams, doesn't he? Think about Joseph. Remember, Joseph was a man who had a lot of different dreams, and God spoke to him very clearly. Uh, the Bible tells us in Genesis 15, 1, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield and your very great reward. So sometimes God speaks through visions and dreams. Sometimes God speaks through direct revelation. Think about uh, Jeremiah, the prophet. God said, this is what the Lord said to me, go buy a linen belt, put it around your waist, but don't let it touch the water. Jeremiah 18, God speaks to Jeremiah and says, go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So God spoke somehow or another direct uh, and direct revelation to them. God spoke to to the children of Israel through the prophets. Sometimes God chose prophets to speak his word. So those are some of the ways that God has spoken to us in times past. But what does the writer of Hebrews say? But now God has spoken to us by His Son, whom He's appointed heir of all things. Guys, we don't have to go to prophets. We don't have to rely on visions, although God still speaks to people. They're, they're Muslim people today where there's, there's no witness for Christ. And literally Christ has started appearing to them in dreams And they're getting saved as a result of Christ appearing to them in dreams. So I'm not saying God doesn't speak those ways, but God primarily speaks to us through His Word and through His Son. And that's the thing we need to remember. We live in a day and time when uh, there's those people that uh, claim to be prophets. I think about people like James Jones. Y'all remember James Jones or Jim Jones? Y'all remember him? Uh, some of you do. Some of you younger people don't know who I'm talking about. But back, actually, it was the year after I graduated from high school. Uh, he had started off being ordained as a pastor in the Assembly of God Church. He later uh, led his group to become a disciple of disciples of Christ because they had less control over theology and theological issues. And uh, about 1970, Jim Jones decided he was an atheist. Uh, privately but publicly he said he was a prophet and that everybody ought to listen to him and he led a bunch of people down to Guyana Africa and had about a thousand people commit suicide because they listened to the voice of quote a prophet guys you can turn your television on all the time there are people claim to be prophets don't pay attention to those people 
unless they're preaching the authority. A pastor has got one responsibility is to preach this book right here. Not to invent stuff, not to come up with stuff, but to preach what's in this book right here. That's what a pastor is supposed to do. And so just, just don't be paying attention to those. God speaks to us again through His Word, His written Word. Let me just say, stop right here. We talked about that last week so, or a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time right there. But let me just say this. Uh, we ought not to, to use the open window method to figure out what God's will is. You ever had somebody say to you, I wonder what God's will is for me in this particular situation. I'm just going to open my Bible and point my finger to a verse, and whatever that verse is, that's God's answer to me. I often wonder what would happen if they pointed to the verse that says, and Judas went out and hung himself. I wonder if, you know, I wonder if that would, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, I don't know if that's the answer or not, but that's not the way God uh, wants us to open His Word. Uh, what you need to do is you simply need to open God's Word and you need to say, God, I need your will and I, need, I want to know what your, your will is in my life. Please show me. What are some of the other ways? God speaks through His Word. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time right there. But what are some of the other ways that God speaks to us? Well, one is the inner prompting of the Holy Spirit. Here's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Listen to what He said. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. Guys, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, if we are born again as believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart and life and takes up residence. And as we yield our lives to the control of the Holy Spirit, He shows us what Christ would have us do. Jesus said this, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They listen. Guys, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through inner promptings. This not, is not oftentimes a big emotional experience. Sometimes it is. I've seen the Holy Spirit speak to somebody and they get happy and excited and start shouting and all kinds of stuff like that. That's okay. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves in a person's life and it's an emotional experience. But oftentimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, it's through that still, small voice, that still, quiet voice. And the reason why a lot of times that we don't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit any longer is because we don't ever stop long enough. We live in such a noisy society that it's really hard for us to distinguish the voice of God in the midst of all the junk that's going on out there. And so I would just encourage you, if you want to know what God's will is, be still. What does the Bible say? Be still and know that I am God. We need to be still before the Lord. I remember when God began to speak to us about being missionaries. Lisa felt called to be a missionary when she was in uh, GAs, uh, Girls in Action, when she was in about the sixth grade. It only took her about, what, another, a long time to get to, to where the Lord led us, but uh, she had to wait on me. God had to get ready to deal with me. And I, I remember there was just... Day after day as I read God's Word and as I prayed and as I saw, I mean, I was not opposed to it. I was just simply wanting to know that, make sure it was God's will. And through that time period, the peace of God's Holy Spirit, the voice of God's Holy Spirit made it clear that's what we were supposed to do. That same, that same voice brought us back to the States. There was a number of circumstances, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that led us to come back from Chile. But I remember 
uh, how in a turmoil I was about coming back until our plane landed on the ground in Miami. And just like that, the peace of God flooded my soul. And I knew I was right where I was supposed to be. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. If you hear a voice telling you to do something, and that voice is anything contradictory to the Word of God, first of all, it's not God speaking. But second of all, don't listen to it. And third of all, if you do listen to it, guess what? You're not going to be at peace. You're not going to sense the peace that passes all understanding because that only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can give that kind of peace. Another way that we can discern God's will is through listening to wise, trustworthy people. This would not be somebody just off the street. It would not be some prophet that you're listening to on television. This would be like uh, somebody who has mentored you in the Lord or somebody who's helped you to mature as a believer in Christ. Somebody that you've been around for a long time. Somebody that knows you and, know how, and knows how God has worked in times past in your life. And a person that will help you pray through and find out what God would have you do. It's a person who's earned your respect. Listen to what God's Word says about these kind of people. It says, Wisdom is with the aged and understanding in length of days. Proverbs 14.33 says, Wisdom rests in the heart of a man of understanding. Proverbs 19.20, listen to the advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. You know, it still amazes me how some people will listen to any and everybody's voice except for the voice of the Lord, read the Word of God, or even the voice of a trusted advisor. Have you ever noticed when you really want to do something that's against God's will, you don't look for those kind of people, do you? You don't look for people that will tell you what God wants you to do. You don't look for people that will tell you the truth. You look for those false prophets on television that will tell you you can do whatever you want to do. In other words, my mind's already made up, preacher. Don't confuse me with the facts. And God, don't tell me what's, what you want me to do because I want you to bless my plans. I don't want to, want to live according to your plans. And that's the way we do a lot of times. But guys, if we will listen to that inner voice, if we'll study God's Word... Be still before God and listen to that still small voice. We will know the voice of our Savior and we will listen. And we will follow what He tells us to do because we know it's the best possible thing for us. When we have questions and concerns, I can tell you personally, for me, I had two pastors. My uncle, Brother Buddy Boston, who was pastor, long-term pastor of uh, Dyersburg First Baptist Church, and my father-in-law. There have been many a nights in the middle of the night I've called my father-in-law and my uncle and said, I'm in a mess and I, don't, I, I need to know what to do. How do I fix this? What do I do? What, what, do you, what does God want me to do in this situation? I pray and I'm not being at peace about it. And I just need somebody else to help me think through this particular situation. And they've given me wise counsel. That inner assurance of peace the peace that passes all understanding is one way that you can know God's will. There have been times when I've really struggled with decisions that I've made. And I've prayed about it and I'm still not comfortable with it, but I sense it might be God's will. And so then I'll go and I'll do that particular thing. 
And immediately the peace of God that passes all understanding floods into my heart and my life. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that it is God who has spoken to me and that I have done exactly what God wants me to do. There have been other times, though, when I thought God was leading in one direction and I would take a step in that direction and immediately, immediately I knew the decision was wrong. And you know what you do when you get to that situation? You say, Lord, forgive me and do through me what you need to do or help me get back to where you need me to be on the right path. I'm sorry I messed up. I thought I was listening, but Lord, you know, I, you know I'm a hard-hearted person and I still deal with sin just like everybody else does. And sometimes we get it wrong, don't we? Sometimes you step out and you realize immediately that you, something you've done is wrong. Because you don't have that peace. In fact, you have turmoil. And you have anxiousness. And you have uh, just, just a sense of, I'm at the wrong place at the wrong time. And I need to be in the right place. The Bible tells us that we can have peace. We can have peace even in the midst of life storms. Listen to what Philippians, Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what does the rest of it say? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How do you know if something is God's will for your life? Well, if it's in God's Word, it's always God's will. But if it's part of that will of God, that permissive will of God, you know, for example, God doesn't say anywhere about what you're supposed to do in life. Am I supposed to be a baker or an accountant or a floor salesman like Brother Derek back there? What am I supposed to do with my life? Well, it's not in the Bible, is it? The Bible covers a lot of subjects, but it doesn't cover everything. And so in those cases, you and I have to be willing to listen to the voice of God. We've got to be willing to go to God's Word. We've got to be willing to listen to that inner voice of the Holy Spirit. We've got to be willing to ask the people around us, wise people that we trust. And then we've got to know that when we make that decision, sometimes that peace doesn't come until after the decision sometimes it comes before but often the peace doesn't come until after you make the decisions because God wants to know if you're going to be obedient to do what he asks you to do God gives us three beacons to guide us just like those three lights that guided those ships safely into the harbor his word and his spirit and that Listening to the voice of God, God's Holy Spirit who is with us. Ultimately, the key to knowing and doing the will of God is our relationship with Him. How's your relationship to God? You know what the Bible says? If we will draw near to Him, guess what He'll do? He'll draw near to us, won't He? You know, the more you hear God's voice, the more you're still and listen to God's voice, the more you recognize His voice, the easier it is to recognize it the next time. And this opposite is true as well. If God's Holy Spirit speaks something to your heart and you don't do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, 
your heart turns away from God, doesn't it? God ain't going anywhere. God's still right there. But you've turned away from God. And so the next time God speaks, it's going to be a little bit harder to hear him. And if you ignore him the second time, it's going to be even harder the third time. And right on down the line until you get to the point where if you're not careful, you'll, you're, not, you're still saved, you're not lost, but you won't be able to hear God's voice. So I just want to encourage you, as you think about this matter of God's will, take the time to spend time with God and listen to His voice. Tell God, just be honest with God. Say, Lord, I really need to know what you want me to do here. Help me to understand through your word and through your experience or, or through your Holy Spirit Uh, through the experiences that you have lined out for my life to understand exactly what your will is. And Lord, no matter what it is, I'll do it. You know, you don't have to be scared that God's going to send you to the darkest dungeons of Africa. That's not always God's will. In fact, that's rarely God's will for, for people. It is sometimes, but it doesn't happen very often. But God wants us to be obedient to Him. So let me ask you a question tonight as we close. Are you listening to God's voice? Do you hear Him speak to you? What's He saying? Are you being obedient to His voice? My own personal experience has been this. If God tells me something that I know I'm supposed to do and I refuse to do it, He's not going to tell me anything else to do until I do that one thing He's told me to do. I'll describe it like you're going around a mountain. You know, you're going around a mountain and you're trying to make progress getting to the top of the mountain. But when you say no to God, you go around that mountain until you come back to that same exact point all over again. And if you say no again, you'll go back around that mountain and you come right back to that same spot again. Until you say yes. And once you say yes, you can start going up again. But you've got to be obedient to God's Holy Spirit. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, we're thankful. We're thankful that you don't leave us in the dark. That, Lord, you've told us we can know your will. We can know exactly what you want us to do. But, Father, we've got to be willing to want to listen to your, your voice We've got to be willing to follow your voice. We've got to be willing to listen to the inner prompting of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for each of us that, Lord, you would help us to be still long enough that we hear that still, small voice. And, Father, give us the courage and the boldness to do whatever it is you ask us to do. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the guidance that you give us each and every day. We thank you for the privilege that we have of following you each and every day of our life. Lord, I pray that this week will be a week that we can tell others about the wonderful God that we serve. Father, I pray that and I ask it in Jesus' name.